Hey there, and welcome to the Two Mom Life Podcast, a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life. Everybody, welcome. I'm your host, Jody Freed, mom of four, Jewish community professional, and mother's empowerment coach. Motherhood is a journey, and on this podcast, inspired by Jewish thought, you will learn from other moms, receive practical advice, and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. So here is to mom life, to finding your way, to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Mom Life podcast. What a year, what a whirlwind. We have just completed season one of the podcast and aired a very amazing, beautifully done anniversary episode a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to keep you guys in the loop about what's coming next and what to expect. Over the next few weeks, me and my team are going to be replaying some really worthwhile episodes from season one. And this is going to give us a little bit of a chance to rest up and gear up for season two. Rest is so, so important and crucial and something that I'm trying to take to heart as well. So (laughs) use that as a little reminder for yourselves. Rest when things are crazy and when you've done a lot or accomplished something small or big, it's always okay to take a break and rest. So that's what we're doing for the next few weeks. In September, you can expect season two to kick off with bite-sized episodes, five-minute episodes with tools like meditations and little bits and pieces of inspiration from me to help you tackle and take on the chagim, the holiday season with grace. It's obviously a very stressful time with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and everything, you know, in short succession. And so we're going to keep it short, sweet, and really practical. And the things that'll help you, right, as a mom, as a Jewish mom today. In October is when season two will kick off in full force with interviews and solo episodes similar to what you heard in season one. If you have any guests, any mentors, anyone who you would love to hear on the podcast, send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to hear your suggestions and I'm always here for you. So Two Mom Life is focused on helping make your life a little easier and helping you as a mom, especially as a Jewish mom, be more supported and resourced so that you have the tools to take on motherhood in all its joy and delight and in all its messiness and hardship. So thank you for joining me on the Two Mom Life podcast. It's such a joy. I really appreciate that you choose to spend your time here with me. So definitely tune in to these episodes over the next few weeks. We have some really, really awesome episodes that we'll be re-releasing for you. And then stay tuned in September for bite-sized episodes to help you take on the high holiday season with grace. Bye for now. Everybody, welcome. 
today, I'm so excited to bring to you an interview that I did with registered dietitian Ahuva Magder Hirschkoff a little while back about eating family mealtimes. Here is two family mealtime, right? And this is something that many moms struggle with a lot because children are picky and children have opinions and moms are busy and overwhelmed and it's not always easy to find healthy foods that fit into one's lifestyle to put on the table day in and day out for lunch and for supper and for snacks. So Ahuva really helps us to distill some options because as she says, food should never be stressful. So she walks us through problems that she finds parents struggling with at the dinner table and talks about how traditional food practices today can lead to unhealthy diets for children and adults. And she offers alternatives to make life easier, both for the chef, for the moms, right? And for her daily customers, her wonderful, beautiful children. So with no further ado, here's Ahuva. Please enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Jewish Mama Mashup. I'm so excited to be here today with Ahuva from Arm Yourself Dietetics. And Ahuva is a registered dietitian. She works, she has online courses and works a lot with moms and parents around mealtimes for their kids. And I'm going to turn it over to Ahuva to introduce herself, and then we'll delve into some tips and strategies that you can all take and employ in your own households to make life easier, because that's what we are all about. So Ahuva, you want to introduce yourself? Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, I think you said it very well. So I'm a registered dietitian, and I work with families um, to reduce stressful mealtimes and support moms in really reducing the mental overwhelm that so many of us feel when we are feeding our families. And I do that through both, you know, an in-person private practice and through some group coaching and online various programs. Awesome. And I hope you'll tell us more about those, those programs later. So let's just Definitely. delve right in and tell us some of the uh, tell us about some of the struggles that you find moms facing frequently with especially with kids like younger kids i would say like you know um toddlers preschoolers what are what are the challenges and what are some of the strategies that you give to the moms that you work with um definitely so you know a lot of it comes down to you know toddlers who don't necessarily want to eat what parents are eating or are picky or are very restricted in what they're eating or just totally refusing all foods and that's you know one area that i definitely support parents in how do we expand our kids diet i think the other form of stress that a lot of moms feel is well if my kids not eating something i must be doing something wrong right mm -hmm. um and i think that we all sort of like to put that pressure on ourselves or can find different areas in our lives where maybe, you know, we feel like we're doing something wrong. But the idea that we should know as moms how to feed our kids, and then when it doesn't go well, having that sort of reflect on us as mothers is one that I see, you know, time and again, moms experiencing. That's the perfect excuse to put ourselves down. <laughs> right? Totally. totally. Like, it must be my fault. It must be my fault. Um, how know, do you approach that? 
number one is just, you know, reframing that, recognizing that, you know, picky eating or stressful meal times, um, while no family should experience them, is very normal, right? It doesn't mean that normal doesn't mean that we want it to continue, but normal means that it's not a reflection of something that you either did or didn't do or a way that you served food or didn't serve food or anything like that. It's not a reflection of you as a parent. It's something that so many kids go through, whether it's a phase or whether it's something that's a little bit more long lasting. Um, it's something that very many of us experience. So number one, giving moms a break on that front that, you know, it's, it's not your fault, really. You know, starting to see small changes that I work with families to make where we can actually turn it around um, is, is a really big thing for moms. What, give us one practical example of a small change, maybe a, a common reason, like a common issue, and one small change that people can implement. So one small change definitely is having your kids show up to the table hungry because so often, you know, as moms, I always say like, if, if your child says to you, mommy, I'm hungry, like you may as well, you know, take like permanent marker and like draw an F on that mom's forehead. Like they're failing as a mom if their child is hungry, right? But so often that sort of leads to six snacks before lunch and then six snacks before breakfast and, you know, kids are showing up to the table, basically just having had a snack and then parents are sitting there wondering, you know, why their kids are maybe turning down the foods that aren't their favorite, right? If they're, if it's macaroni and cheese or if it's chicken nuggets for some kids, you know, like those kind of like foods that are typical kid foods, maybe their kids are eating it, but it's something, if it's something they don't love, they're turning it down and parents are very confused as to why their kids seem to never eat. If your child isn't showing up to the table hungry, the motivation to be eating isn't there, right? When you're not hungry, if it's something that you don't love, why would you eat it, right? If it's chocolate cake, I'm so down to eat it when I'm not hungry. If it's, you know, something that's not my favorite, I'm, I'm not interested, right? And that's a lot of the space where we consistently offer foods to our kids is when we feel they should be hungry because it's mealtime, but really they've had so many snacks that they're not hungry at that time. And so typically I just recommend um, implementing kitchen's closed policy for an hour to an hour and a half before a meal. Hmm. And that really just allows our kids the time for their tummies to empty a little bit, that they increase their motivation a little bit to eat the food um, that is presented at mealtime. And that's not about restricting food. That's not about withholding food. That's just about protecting their hunger for when food is actually going to be served to them. Hmm. Well, I see that with my kids often when they come home from school and there are two things that I do depending on how organized I've been earlier in the day or maybe whether they're leftovers in the fridge or not but the one route is they yeah. come home from school starving and I give them pretzels and chips and then serve dinner an okay. hour later and they hardly eat it yeah. and the other is I hardly. have dinner ready at like 4 15 p.m and serve it to them and they'll eat the chicken or the beef or those items that are not their favorite foods and so I totally Definitely. hear that so one question kind of along those lines is so for I know for me and I'm sure other moms feel this too one of my biggest struggles is like I do notice that difference between when they're not having the snacks after school and when they are so so yeah. what's a strategy that someone like me could use to make sure that there is always like a healthy option or 
you know, should I have dinner ready every day at 4.15 or is there another way to kind of handle the snack after school and um, then transition that to kids, Yeah, I think that for lots of kids, if you don't sort of have that length of time, right, like for sometimes for kids who are, let's say, going to bed at 7 o'clock, right, just throwing out a number, um, there isn't necessarily the time to have a snack when they're coming home from school and then have long enough for them to really have that hunger come back before bedtime, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're sort of sacrificing dinner at that point. Or I think having dinner at four o'clock is a beautiful option. Like having, you know, 4.15, just sort of swapping, like having dinner ready for when they're coming home from school and then having, having you know, a, a smaller bedtime snack at, you know, the six o'clock or 6.30 time right before they're going to bed. Neither one of them is wrong, but really what it comes down to, um, and what I focus on a lot with moms is just then, you know, sort of acknowledging and changing your mindset, right? You can sort of know, as you've already said, like if you're giving the pretzels and chips, dinner isn't going to go super well, right? When you can almost acknowledge that, it becomes a lot less stressful when it doesn't go well than when you're, you feel like you're constantly in this circle of, you know, like, why isn't it going well? Why aren't my kids eating? What's going on? So when we can almost just be able to say to myself, to themselves, you know, um, moms can say to themselves, like, okay, I'm giving the pretzels and chips now. Dinner might not be uber successful. That's almost less stressful, even if it doesn't go well, than, you know, wondering and, and sort of trying to catch your tail in terms of why it's not going well. So I would say having dinner available earlier, I love that idea. If that's not possible, then having a very small snack. So like really like, you know, a couple of crackers and cheese or a couple of crackers and like, you know, um, hummus or something like that until dinner is, is ready, but really not having that be a massive snack so that we really are, are sacrificing that dinner time. And if the kids are begging for more, if you give them say four crackers and a cup, a slice or two of cheese and they're begging for more, what's the course of action at that point? At that point, um, you sort of have two options is if that's happening day after day after day, um, you know, and obviously, you know, this is just sort of your general options is if it's really happening day after day and it's really getting to you and like they're begging and the whole afternoon ends up sort of being shot because it's stressful for you and it's a stressful time for them. And that whole hour, hour and a half that everyone's eating is like, oh, oh my God, like nails on a chalkboard stress level um your option really then is to to be serving them um you know dinner when they're coming home if not if it's sort of just a one-off then it could just be you know saying like dinner is going to be in an hour and giving them like strategically giving them two to three items to do like why don't you you know go finish your homework go play outside then you can watch an episode of tv and then you know dinner is going to be ready and if that works if that's so that at least kids aren't, they're not sort of just trying to find whatever it is to do to hopefully hold off that, that um, dinner time. Yeah, I love that structure of giving them a, a couple of things to do, yeah. some ideas to fill their time. And maybe that could even involve helping with meal prep if they're old enough. And A million percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and some people will still see that. That if they're involved in meal prep, you know, the dinner, they might eat less at dinner because they often end up eating like a little bit as they're prepping, but that's great because it's still sort of the dinner ingredients. They're still getting what we were going to serve for dinner anyway. Hmm. Well, so let's talk about simplicity around dinner. So if say we, we make it a goal to have dinner ready after school, say like 4 p.m. and you're a working mom, like we all have so much on our plates. How can we make dinner simple? Mm -hmm. Totally. 
like in terms of prep time or in terms of having the dinner just on the table at that time? Um, both. I would say f- for me personally, prep time is a big deal. Um, yeah. But yeah, either way. Totally. So one thing I often um, encourage parents to do if, you know, if you're someone like me, like I enjoy either, you know, cooking every other night or, or a couple of times a week um, is remembering the fact that leftovers aren't leftovers if you've never seen them before. So especially for people who, you know, have younger children, like let's say even, you know, my children are um, just around three years old. So they go to bed around seven. We can be eating dinner afterwards. If you're someone who enjoys cooking the night before because it's just easier for you remembering that just making extra the night before so that it's already ready for your kids and for them it's a new meal at four o'clock and then you have the flexibility even if you're home at that four o'clock time and you're cooking or and you're in the kitchen with them to take those 21 minutes where maybe your kids are eating and you're in the kitchen with them to cook for the next day right for your dinner that night and for the next day for them so you're already you're always sort of one step ahead of them right they're eating what you cooked yesterday and you just continue the cycle Another thing that I always tell parents is that anything you're, that you're making, it's always easier to just make more than to make something different, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if if I'm making like, you know, a soup or meatballs or chicken, it's always easier to make a double batch and freeze one Mm -hmm. for those days because we all have them where like dinner's just not going to get on the table, right? You know, it's, it's you planned on it and whatever and life happens and it's just not happening. Um, it's always easier to, you know, then be able to pull something out of the freezer. But if you think about it, like making 10 pieces of chicken instead of five, you're doing the same thing just in a larger volume. Right. So it takes a lot less time to double batch something than to make a whole fresh meal. So in terms of just, you know, making sure that we're utilizing our time, well, making double of something and freezing, like right away freezing half is always something that I recommend that busy parents do just because it saves you so much time on those days where life just gets away from you. What a great idea. Yeah. I, um, it always sounds like a great concept to freeze food. And I, I personally, I don't do it much except for after Shabbos, but, um, but I think that is a yeah. really smart thing to kind of work into your week, you know, and then you're cooking. Yeah two or three meals in a week instead of five, so, or seven. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and remembering that we don't have to cook every day to call it dinner. Like, my kids' favorite dinner, they're three, but it's, like, funny enough, my daughter would eat tuna from a can every day if I let her. She thinks tuna, <laughs> like, tuna salad is the greatest thing to ever, um, but I think that a lot of moms feel, like, this pressure, especially in the age of social media, especially, you know, with everything that's going on, of, like, pot meal you know, multi-course meal every single day. And the fact is that we're living in the 21st century. So many of us are working parents. And you know, even if we're, we're at home between, you know, kids and extracurriculars and all of that and everything that that entails, you don't really have the time to be doing that kind of stuff every mm-hmm. single day. So remembering that larger volumes of snacks. So even if, you know, your kids were coming home, if it was like, pretzels and hummus and like, you know, some cheese and some fruit and some vegetables that can be, you know, an assembly meal that isn't necessarily cooking. And that still fits the bill for what most dietitians would call a balanced meal. Interesting. Great perspective. Really great perspective. (laughs) 
yeah, let's make it easy on ourselves, ladies. <laughs> Things yes. don't, we don't have yes, to yes, always yes. overcomplicate. Yeah. And sometimes no. we just no. need a little bit of a reframe, as you said at the beginning of our conversation. Totally. So, so that's great. I, there's totally. one thing that you said earlier on that I want to go back to, and that is you mentioned kids mm -hmm. refusing to eat. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it can be, you know, parents saying like, my child is showing up to meals. They refuse to eat anything. They don't touch anything that I make, you know, like just that kind of hearing those words again and again, I made this and they didn't eat it. I made this and I didn't eat it. And a lot of times what that translates into is number one, um, remembering that kids can take, you know, 15 to 20 times of seeing a food before maybe they're willing to accept it. So remembering that when we're saying like, my child tried this and they hated it. If that's only one time, that's not enough time. So food refusal in that way. And it can also very strongly be linked back to what we were talking about earlier of, you know, my child always comes to dinner and they refuse to eat anything or they don't eat anything for lunch or whatever that looks like. And really having that be, they had six snacks right before. So often, you know, those are the times where I encourage parents to really look at the scheduling of their day and really consider how often you're introducing a certain food to your child. If you're seeing them, you know, refusing it and it's only been once or twice, those foods are always worth bringing back for, you know, another shot. Hmm. How often would you bring back food before you give up or yeah. do you never give up? Um, the reality is that, that almost never, we like, we'd almost never give up, whether it's your child eating it whether the food is being put on their plate, you know, having them continue seeing food, having them see new foods in a neutral experience. So again, whether that's dinner time, whether it's then even just seeing the food while cooking with you, whatever that looks like for you. Um, generally, I would never recommend to give up on a food. Hmm. Great. Because I'm sure yeah. there are kids out there who it's been 20 times of seeing something or trying something and they might not still love it, but it still helps to... Totally. introduce it and you know just continue to have it around Completely. and eat it yourself that's great um Definitely. well this has been a really jam-packed 15 minute interview which is what i love <laughs> because we are so busy yes. and we want to get the most amount of value in <laughs> as little time as possible so i absolutely totally. love this before we sign off this time and i've loved talking to you can you tell us how people can get in touch with you, how they can access their online courses, maybe a little more about what you offer. Perfect. Yeah. So I offer an online course called the Stress-Free Mealtime Manifesto. Um, it's a six-week or, you know, six-module course, which is all tailored. It's myself and it's a behavior therapist. And we um, created it together to really support parents who are experiencing picky eating or experiencing significantly stressful meal times. And it's six weeks to take your kids from eating nothing to eating everything. Um, and the other one is my group switching program, which is called Mind Over Meal Time. And that one is more tailored towards moms as to number one, how to streamline your meal planning routine, but also in that how to reframe our mindset around sort of what makes us a good enough mom and a good enough and what constitutes a good enough meal for our families and how to juggle all of that in the 21st century. So how to juggle that with extracurriculars, with kids who don't, um, you know, who are, are refusing food and what all of that can look like uh, in four weeks. All of that can be found, all of that info can either be found. The two places that I really hang out are either on Instagram. So my handle is at Ahuva, A-H-U-V-A-R-D, which stands for Registered Dietitian. 
or I also run a free community of moms on Facebook called the Busy Mom's Guide to Feeding Your Family. And I'm there quite often just sharing lots of strategies for um, meal planning, for introducing food, for reducing picky eating, all that kind of fun stuff. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'll make sure to post all your links below this video and in the emails. Um, so thanks again. And everybody will see you next time. Yeah, of course. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled and in balance or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle loveadventuremom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.